All right. Welcome back to the, the Funhouse. Garen Emig and Bill Haston, Tulsa World Sports columnist, uh, with you again. Uh, very, very busy week in sports. We're here to talk about it. Thanks to, uh, to our friends at the, at the Tulsa World for allowing us a platform to, to express opinions and insights outside of what we write every day. Thank you so much for reading our material. Also tuning into our podcasts and videos on TulsaWorld.com, podcasts available via Apple, Google, and Spotify. Um, Bill, there are a lot of things to get to, but I, I think we should probably start with um, a, a sort of a blend of real world versus someone who's, who's trying to manage playing a sport amidst some really uh, literally deadly consequences. How about just a quick shout out to Nikita Konstantinovsky, the Ukrainian forward for the Tulsa basketball team. Um, he's going to make himself available to media in about an hour. We, we won't have a chance to, to reflect on his reflections, but can you just crawl inside the mind of a young man who's dealing with war, literal, uh, yeah. in, his, in his home country and still trying to play college basketball. There are athletes all over the country, Aaron, young college athletes, tennis, track, basketball, um, all over the country who, who hail from Ukraine or who are uh, have moved here from Ukraine, you know, during their lifetime. And so uh, they get that weighing on them. I stayed up late last night, uh, to catch up on coverage of what had happened yesterday uh, with regard to the, uh, you know, the it, it's a really interesting piece on Putin. Uh, some lot, some stuff I wasn't aware of yet. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, uh, and then, but, you know, I tell you when, I, I can't pretend to know how these kids are feeling. Obviously they're shaking and, and, halfway across around the world and, and they've got family there and they've got friends there and and they see these horrifying images of of rockets being launched into into yeah. centers of cities yeah and putin claims that it's in defense and he and he's looking out for the best interests of russia i'm like yeah these people are just like trying to get by you know and i don't see any like offense coming out of the center of those cities and yet i see rockets anyway it's just it, it, we've, it's been so long since we've seen war like this that we're super sensitive to the images of it. And we've never had media for a war like we have now in, for any of us in our life, most of us in our lifetime. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, and then, but it, it, here's when it really resonated with me, Garen, is because, you know, I love boxing and I really follow boxing. And when I saw that the Klitschko brothers who were, who re reigned in the heavyweight division for 15 years. And one of them now, Vitaly is a, is this mayor of a Ukrainian city and mm -hmm. his brother of uh, Vladimir, who was the, really the undisputed heavyweight champion for about 10 years in boxing. And those guys now are taking up arms and going to battle against the Russians. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, uh, this is this is this is for real. So you got this this young guy at TU, whose name uh, pronunciation I will leave to you, uh, because there's a lot of syllables and a lot of consonants going on there. Uh, but uh, yeah, here he is in Tulsa, Oklahoma, trying to prepare to play these last two regular season games, Wichita tomorrow, and uh, UCF Sunday. Uh, how in the world can it would be very difficult for me to, to a give a damn about a basketball game and and b to even even fake preparation for it? So 
yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what what that young man has to say. Quick, quick PSA, if if, if, uh, folks will will allow me this. I know when we've discussed, Bill, you and I on on this platform, the you know, the the fact that there isn't much interest in TU basketball right now. But here's an opportunity for people to put even basketball aside. If you've got a few hours to spare tomorrow night, go over to the Reynolds Center not just for the game, but just to support this guy. Uh, and, and I should mention that Nikita is a basketball player at TU. There's, there are tennis players at, uh, at Oral Roberts who hail from Ukraine. There's a women's tennis player at the University of Oklahoma. I think there are two other Ukrainian athletes on the TU campus. One's a, a rower. Um, I'm going to miss the other one. But um, be that as it may, uh, sports are trivial compared to some of the stuff that, that goes on in people's uh, lives. And, and things that happen, again, with real-world consequences. I touched on this in the Monday column. Sports so can hold up a mirror to some of that stuff and allow us to reflect on that. And that's where sports come in handy, I think, even at a time like this. And I think they can again tomorrow when, when TU hosts uh, Wichita State. Uh, mentioned Oral Roberts. Bill, they've got a conference tournament this week all of a sudden. I, are you feeling the Golden Eagles in position to replicate their run of a year ago? As they as they hit March, or it would, be, it would if they do it, Garen, it would be an exact replication because they went into this tournament a year ago as the four seed mm-hmm. and stumbled in a little bit to the tournament last year. Had a miraculous walk on bucket from Kevin O'Banner in the semis to beat South Dakota State, and then won in the championship game, uh, somewhat miraculously also and go into the uh, NCAA tournament as a 16-win team and a four-seed in the Summit League. Uh, And so, you know, they've been better than that this season, except that they stumbled at the finish line with home losses to South Dakota State, which has the nation's longest win streak, and they're really good. And they shoot, oh, my goodness, Karen. You talk about uh, artistic basketball. South Dakota State is beautiful, and they mm-hmm. shoot the ball so well, and they and they run their stuff so well. Uh, and then and ORU loses a Thursday game, 106-102 in overtime, and then lose 92-87 on Saturday to close the regular season with two losses. So they don't have really any momentum going into this, but they play – ORU plays Western Illinois on Friday. Then the men are off on Saturday. This is in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And then on this uh, Sunday and Monday, you have the semifinals and the championship. So if ORU is to see South Dakota State again for a third time this season, it would be in the championship round as the three seed versus the one uh, on Monday night on ESPN. Um, You know, I I mean, having seen South Dakota State now, I I can't fathom that they don't win this tournament. Uh, They've swept ORU and, you know, or you said, okay, well, we're going to score 100 points on you. South Dakota said, that's cool. We'll score 106. And they, <laughs> they, they did. They had a, what was amazing about that game, Garen, is they had a kid who averaged eight points a game and whose most recent offensive performances before coming to Tulsa were two points, two points, four points, five points. He scores 41 here the other night, 41. So uh, on 16 of 20 from the field. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's showtime. Or you, they've been running on the momentum. They've been running. They've had this moment program momentum since a, last year, 
because they go to the Sweet 16 as a 15 seed. They get a, an unbelievable donation. Now, outside of the Navy Center now, it's a giant footprint construction zone where they're building the Mike Carter Center. It's going to be amazing. Uh, and that is kind of what, you know, that, that was the gift, essentially, that the university got for going to the Sweet 16 last year. So they had this feel-good momentum. Right. Had a nice season. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be a drag. It's going to be a disappointment if they don't repeat as Summit League champion and go right back to the tournament. Uh, but, but with regard to attendance this year, <clears throat> ticket sales and attendance, it's been their best year. Um, it's been their best year in nine years is what I found uh, learned the other day. Best year in nine years with regard to attendance. And, and, and to me, it feels almost like their best year uh, overall because it coincides with TU's stumble you know TU has got right. relevance for the time being and then so ORU's got kind of a hot popular basketball product and for a, a game that game the other night they had 852 students at ORU in the student section 852 kids. and they know that because you those your student ID to get in the game they scan those and so that's how they're able to have such an exact count well the last a uh, couple of TU home games ago, East Carolina. You know how I counted how many kids were in the or student section like this? One, two, three, four, five. I used this right. finger right here, and there were there were eleven kids in that Gosh. eleven. So TU's got a lot of work to do. Uh, and, and I can tell you this before we segue to the next topic. Sure, I wrote about TU basketball again last Sunday, uh, kind of trying to weave a tubby. Smith retirement piece in with, you know, we've seen TU be great before, so we know they can be great again, but they got to be great again because this, what they have now is not working. And of the dozen or so emails I have got from readers so far in response to that, I'd say 10 of them centered their unhappiness on parking. And so I'm thinking if for 10, let's say 10 years now, I've heard about parking being a problem to you. And instead of me dismissing it and saying, um, don't be a baby, you're not going to hurt you to walk a couple of blocks. No, I need to realize that it is a problem. And if I need to realize it, TU has to know it's a problem. They got to fix that too. And you know that big parking area, Garen, immediately east of the rental center, right? Right. Right there. Build a four-tiered Sure. Right there. Get it done. And don't tell me, well, it costs money. Anything of value costs money. And it'll it'll serve you well in football season and certainly in basketball season. And because these people have a legitimate complaint, you're going to ask people to walk on the ice for four blocks or walk across campus on ice. Uh, it's, it's nuts. Uh, they, they've got to get that fixed. And the truth is, when they built all those beautiful new buildings on the campus, they wiped out tons of parking. Mm -hmm. So progress kind of uh, is the, is the culprit here. Uh, yeah, they, uh, they got to get that fixed, and that that area immediately east of the rental center would be perfect for a significant, at least four level parking garage right there. It's got to get done. TU football is actually uh, a topic this week, not just because of the start of spring practice for Philip Montgomery's team, but the appearance of three players 
representing the hurricane at the NFL Combine, right? Two offensive linemen, Chris Paul and Tyler Smith and receiver Josh Johnson. Bill, I didn't I noticed Smith when he played it to you just as a mainstay. I think I noticed Paul more because he was so involved off the field with a bunch of extracurriculars, right? He was seemed sort of sort of seemed like the team's spokesman, especially when it came to issues related to social justice. He's got such a clear head about that that stuff that I really enjoyed conversing with him. But Smith is the guy that has sort of blown up. Uh, if you if you read, you know, if you read tweets from scouts yeah. breaking down film of this guy. And you see him mauling opponents from from uh, schools like Ohio State and Oklahoma State. I'm really I'm really interested to see what kind of uh, a run Smith can make between now and the draft to to to, to get himself in position. I, I'm just I'm wondering if we missed something while, while he was while he was in our midst and we 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 hardly noticed him. I guess that's the reality of being an offensive lineman, perhaps as much as anything. Well, it reminds me of like like uh, uh, OSU had a. Uh, an interior offensive lineman 10 years ago, Lane Taylor. And yeah, all I ever heard every week when I would go back for the Monday news conference, uh, one Wickline or, or Gundy or somebody would always mention Lane Taylor, Lane Taylor. Well, your eyes and my eyes are trained to follow the ball. And so, you know, honestly, I mean, I knew Lane Taylor was good because he started as a freshman and on the offensive line, you don't, Rarely, rarely do you see a, a, a freshman start up front, but he did, and he started four years and, and then went to the Packers. And so it's the same thing with Tyler Smith. I mean, um, but I do remember there was quite a buzz about him. They were really happy to sign him, uh, Tulsa was, at the time they did sign him. So, and now and now the guys, I don't remember what his measurables were at that on signing day. <laughs> he's, 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 apparently his combine height and weight are going to be 6'6", 332. Six six three thirty two. Yeah, I mean, the Dallas Cowboy offensive line in eighty one, which I think is their second best team they ever had. Uh, the average weight of those guys was two hundred and thirty eight pounds. <laughs> thirty eight, and, and now that now these guys walk around comfortably, impressively carrying three hundred and thirty pounds. Yeah, and Tyler Smith, because he is that kind of guy physically, and because he just mangles people at the point of attack, uh, he's fixing to make some money. He's fixing to do really well. Uh, the other thing we follow every time the combine comes around, the number of players from both OU and OSU who, who go to Indianapolis, not just in general, but the ones that we remember seeing in high school. Um, Eric Bailey, our friend and colleague, wrote about Isaiah Thomas, the former Memorial Charger, who's on his way there uh, representing the Sooners. Uh, later in the week, I believe Eli Letterman, who covers the Cowboys for us, is – catching up with Malcolm Rodriguez. Uh, there is an axiom when it comes to sports writers, no cheering in the press box. You're not supposed to care who wins or loses. That's And that is followed, trust me, uh, throughout the course of a season and certainly on Saturdays. We will, I think, though, admit to wanting good things for good kids, especially from our, right, from our, from our coverage areas. And so I, I think it's fair to say that we'll, we'll both, you and I, as well as a lot of the fans, who uh, are allowed to cheer for the Sooners and Cowboys? We'll want to see the Thomas and Rodriguez in particular do well this week. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he's not a Nick Benito's not a local guy as such, but, but if I had to pinpoint a guy who I think will go up there, perform well, and then end up actually sticking to a roster and 
playing and making ultimately making a lot of money is Nick Nick Benito. I do. I, I, he's a versatile guy. Um, they could that a coordinator could uh, play around with uh, in different positions, as we saw at Baylor uh, in the fourth quarter at the end of that game. Um, unbelievable hands. So I mean, he can he can make plays. He can make plays on the ball. Uh, I, I think he'll have a nice career. Uh, as far as Isaiah Thomas, uh, to go where, you know, I honestly, coming out of Memorial, I thought he had made a mistake. I thought he was going to the wrong sport. He was a good basketball player. Mm -hmm. And I just hadn't seen him nearly as much on the football field. In fact, I only saw him, remember really play, watching him play one time. And he just destroyed the guys in front of him in a mismatch kind of game. So you really couldn't tell what he was about in football. But um, I do remember what he looked like at the beginning at OU versus at the end for OU. And and if he conti can continue that kind of progression yeah. with himself physically and his football wherewithal, he'll do really well too because he plays his guts out and I love his fire. Uh, and ultimately, one of these days, Jackson Player is going to get yeah. hit. And yeah. you no, know, he will be representing Baylor at that point. Uh he made his bones here at TU, and I loved him as a player, one of my all-time favorite TU players. Um, and I'll be fascinated to see if Jackson Player can have a an NFL career. Because he's Aaron Donald. He's the second coming of with regard to being too short. But all he does is just win battles all day, all day. So I'm I'm be interested a year from today to see what Jackson Player looks like at the fascinating. Sure, fast. Rodriguez, though, what do you think about that, Garen? I mean, yeah. Malcolm is so – to me, he's a man without a position at the next league. Well, that's – yeah, and I think it's you can – you, and you might say the same about Isaiah at OU. I mean, a guy that, that was moved all around the, uh, the defensive line by uh, Alex Grinch and Calvin Thibodeau the last uh, two years in particular – um, it, it moved around so much that you kind of wonder, is he a tw the tween tweener, right? That's what they, that's the, that's the knock phrase or the term they put on guys that you just don't know about, whether it's basketball or football. And I, I worry about that a little bit with Rodriguez as well. Um, but I don't know, man, he's just so, I, it's been a while since I remember watching a guy just know how to follow the football and find tackles. I mean, he he's got athletic ability. Clearly, look at look at his wrestling career. Look what look at some of the other things he did at Wagner, even before he got to Stillwater. Even baseball at Wagner, right? Yeah. So I'm not knocking him for 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 being uh, you know short shrift when it comes to athletic ability, but man, his his instincts and just again, no, he just knew where to be and knew how to get to whoever had the ball. Never really even overpowered blockers. He just found his way around them half the time, or he knew where where, where to go before they did. And I, I got to think that translates. I guess I'm pinning my hopes for for Rodriguez on that. That, that NFL people are sharp enough to notice a kid who uh, physically may not, you know, post an A plus, right? May not test in the A range, but certainly will find his way to uh, to. Uh, the problem is combines. You're not tackling. <laughs> Uh, that's going to show up more on game film than uh, than at uh, you know timed events or weightlifting sessions. But um, I, I just got to think, uh, like he found his way to ball carry, he's just going to he's going to find his way to at least a shot here. Yeah, and my concern about uh, Thomas, I have less concern about Thomas uh, 
because I see a lot of guys. He looks like a lot of guys in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I don't see very many guys in the league who look like Malcolm Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, Malcolm is a beautifully athletic looking guy, but he's good grief four inches shorter than the, than the shorter guys. Yeah. In the back seven of a defense. So uh, I just hope they're, they're both gamers, though. And I just hope that, that Malcolm's, uh, like you say, his nose for the football is unbelievable football IQ. The fact that every time a pile, there's a pile and guys get up from the pile, t- number 20s mm-hmm. off the ground every time. And, you know, it concerns me a little bit, a little bit for him that he has been if you combine his lifetime in wrestling with his lifetime in football, I remember Rocky Kalmus, by the time he finished at OU, he was really chewed up. He was really beat up. Yeah, right. And Jimbo Elrod, by the time he finished at OU. Great right, example. Football yeah. guy. His Jimbo, God bless Jimbo, his shoulders, his hips, his elbows were mangled. Turf, now, now he played on that garbage turf that just scalded his arms and his knees. But – Every joint in Jimbo's body was wrecked by the time he left OU. And so, you know, uh, I hadn't thought about this before, but with regard to the to being a great wrestler, a championship wrestler, and a great playmaker defensively in football, Malcolm may be Oklahoma's best guy in that regard since Jimbo mm. 50 years ago. Mm. And so I just wonder how much Malcolm's got left, honestly. Sure. And I hope I'm wrong. And maybe he's just got this – he's got eight more years of of football violence left in him. Yeah. And, and I hope he does. And then I, after that, then I just pray he just has a pain-free – No doubt. Pain-free life after that because yeah. so many football guys are just cut to pieces. Yeah, that goes across the board. Hey, let's finish with uh, where the – a pretty grim uh, take on Malcolm. <laughs> I hope he's okay. We'll, 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 we'll let him uh, try to make a little money before we start to worry about his <laughs> – that's a lot of violent reps, though, Garen. I know. For that kid. And I, I know. Would, all right. I would love to see him make a roster. Yeah. Well, there's a reason that you're even seeing a few college players retire with concussions uh, mm-hmm. nowadays. No, no, for sure. Hey, before we uh, we finish up, tell us where, where your road on the high school basketball trails or uh-huh. high school sports trails going to lead you this week. Well, ultimately, I, you know, uh, with all, res- all due respect to every team still in the tournament, but I expect – Okay, Booker T plays Santa Fe, Edmund Santa Fe, tomorrow night. Owasso plays Broken Arrow tomorrow night. If those, if Owasso and Booker T win those games, they will meet. And the double elimination part of it kicks in, so it wouldn't be like BA and Santa Fe are eliminated. But right. if Booker T and Owasso win tomorrow night, they will meet again for the third time on Friday night. Garen, the, the most intensely competitive, emotional, physical basketball games I've seen in a long time were the two Owasso Booker T games this year. And of course, the second one, the more recent one ended with the handshake line incident, right? So uh, we won't, we don't know yet if they, if they are matched on Friday, we don't yet know where it will be played more likely at Memorial, maybe Catoosa. It'll be at a, a neutral site. Right. Uh, but that that's that'll be my next. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna advance that. I'm gonna, I'll write about the importance of uh, the officiating crew's got to take control of that game from the tip. Sure. That both 
uh, participating schools and the host site. I'm not saying it has to be a police state, but you've got to have plenty of security there because emotions have, this is a great rivalry now. And uh, Booker T's best player transferred from Owasso last year. You and I talked about this two weeks ago. Aaron Potter, quite possibly the Metro player of the year, was at Owasso last year. And now he's he's driving the, the Hornets. Um, by the way, Eli Brown, uh, who's one of my favorite guys in sports now, since I've really gotten to know him, the coach at Booker T had his 200 mm -hmm. last night. So uh, to be a 40-year-old guy with 200 wins uh, in spite of a COVID season when you only got 12 games, heck of a uh, accomplishment for, for Eli. So, um, yeah, Friday night, quite likely, or there's the potential for Booker T, Owasso, three. Uh, and um, I just I just hope that both of the school districts and the host site. Sure. I understand the importance of having plenty of security, and let's just have the game of the year and no nonsense otherwise. But it'll it'll be a heck of a game. And and I would I would buy. You always say I'd buy a ticket. Well, we're never really asked to buy a ticket, but I promise I would buy a ticket to watch these teams play again. Yeah, yeah. So plenty for Tulsa sports fans to uh, to relish this week, man. It, March is something else. It's uh, it really is the best month of the year. I think uh, we're not even at the NCAA tournament yet, and uh, we'll we'll see who's still there from Oklahoma's perspective. Sooners have a long, long shot to get in. Obviously, ORU needs to win the, the Summit tournament, but that's a, that's well, you get lost in the NCAA no matter who's who's representing. But yeah, high school stuff's going on. Uh, you got the start of spring practice in college football, NFL combine stuff. And by the way, the Big 12 wrestling at the uh, BOK this weekend. Yep. That's right. On top of everything else, you can go watch uh -huh. the Cowboys win another, I assume, go watch the Cowboys win another Big 12 championship. Hasn't been John Smith's easiest season, right, with what happened to A.J. Ferrari right. and uh, having dropped a few um, duels that, that are unexpected. But um, I, I still imagine that OSU is, uh, is in pretty good shape to, uh, to emerge uh, Big 12 champs this weekend. Yeah. OSU, uh, I mean, I've been here a day every year it's been here. And uh, and it's it's just from an attendance standpoint and from a competition standpoint, it is the Cowboy Invitational. Yep. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll pick up where we left off next week, talk about some of the hoops, maybe revisit the uh, performances at the Combine. And anything else that, that pops up our, on our radar, thank you so much for reading our material on the TulsaWorld.com uh, website. If you get the paper thrown to you every morning, bless your heart for that. Keep it up if you can. And uh, please tune in every week as we uh, unleash a, a video podcast on you on TulsaWorld.com. Uh, podcasts can be uh, downloaded and, and subscribed to via Apple, Google, and Spotify. Have a good week, folks.